Did I just ruin my IVF cycle? It's a question you may have pondered when you made a mistake during one of your treatment cycles. Today we talk about those common mistakes and we talk about, did you mess up the cycle or do you have nothing to worry about? I'm Dr. Mark Amos, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. IVF. It's one of the most exciting things and also one of the most scary things. You're pushed into becoming a medical professional and then are given instructions that you have to learn in a short amount of time and have to then take these medications at specific times. And when you read those instructions, you think they're gospel. They have to be exactly at that time. So today we're going to talk about some of those things and if they're really true and do you really need to be worried when you make a mistake. I remember when my wife and I were going through IVF, she messed up on one of her shots. And the funny part is I don't think I was really upset that she messed up on the shot, but was more upset of how could she mess up on the shot? In my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, that's so much money. We spent so much money and you just messed up. Her mind, she's worried about, did I mess everything up? But I'm still worried about the cost. At that moment, I was upset, thinking, this is so important. This is our kid. How could you mess up? But that was at the moment. When I look back now, I realize because we didn't know what we were doing. It's our first time ever doing it. Even though I was a nurse, even though I was a doctor, she wasn't. And she didn't realize how important certain things were. And the good thing is nothing bad happened. But that moment, we didn't know that. At that moment, we were worried. Today, I'm going to talk about some of the more common things I've seen where people have made mistakes and provide information so you can know, was it serious or was it not? I want to first start with birth control. Some of the questions and things that happen is that people forget to start their birth control on time. Or they miss a birth control. Or they forgot to stop their birth control when they were supposed to. Or they forgot to take a break on their birth control when they are supposed to. So when is it a problem? Well, I think first, let's talk about what is the purpose of birth control in an IVF cycle? The main goal of birth control is to create a synchronization between the follicles. If any of you have done IUIs or done an IVF without birth control, you will know that the follicles will grow at somewhat different speeds and you'll get what's called a lead follicle. And then a follicle will be behind that and a follicle behind that. And the problem is there's a zone of maturity between 15 and 20 millimeters. So if you spread it out too much, yes, you may get an extra egg or two, but it's going to be so spread out, you will get fewer follicles at the mature range you want. Now, anytime you do have a mistake, it is always important 
to let your fertility center know because sometimes those mistakes do matter. So let's look at these specific examples. One of the concerns of starting birth control late, such as not starting on day three, is that there's a thing called escape ovulation. When you start birth controls early enough, you suppress the FSH and LH levels from the brain that go to the ovary that cause you to make follicles. And if you start the birth control late, you could still ovulate. Now, when trying not to get pregnant, this isn't as big of a deal because the progesterone in the birth control will usually still stop you from getting pregnant because it affects the cervical mucus. But when you're talking about IVF, the goal is, is to not have any cyst. And so the biggest risk, if you don't start the birth control on time, is you could develop a cyst, which could then postpone your IVF cycle. Now, we at my clinic try to put you on it by day three. Day four is where the latest you can start it and reduce your risk of escape ovulation. Now, every person's different. If you are someone who has PCOS and you don't even ovulate on your own, you can miss it by many days, a week or two, and still start birth control and will be fine. If you are someone who has very short cycles, such as 21-day cycles or an elevated FSH level, then if you don't start it on day three or even sometimes by day two, you could get escape ovulation. Now, what if you missed the birth control? Well, it kind of depends when that was. So if you miss a birth control in the very beginning, when you're trying to suppress the hormone levels from the brain, then you do risk escape ovulation and possibly having a cyst. If you miss one birth control two weeks into the birth control pills, you've already suppressed the brain from the birth control, so you're really not going to get escape ovulation and you should be fine. Now, I'm assuming you're missing one birth control. If you miss many, then in that situation, you could have escape ovulation and your cycle could get canceled. It's also important to understand almost any time you miss a birth control pill after the first seven to 10 days, you might even get some bleeding. Now, in the situation where you stopped your birth control late, so let's say they gave you a date to stop it on Monday, you didn't realize it, now it's Wednesday, it's really important to let your clinic know that. Now, did you ruin your cycle? No, but when you start the medications, you want to make sure that birth control is kind of out of your system because again, it's suppressing the body. Now, if you're doing a antagonist cycle where you are basically not using the body to make hormones, it's not going to make a difference. You just start your hormones. But if you're doing, let's say, a microdose Lupron protocol, or some type of co-flare protocol where they use Clomid or Femara, the birth control will actually prevent those medications from working. And what will happen is you won't get the flare effect that you were supposed to get from the microdose, the Femara, or the Clomid. So in those situations, it's very important to let the clinic know that you forgot to stop your birth control so they can adjust your stimulation start date so that your body will respond accordingly. I think another common one that I hear at our clinic is I, I do not like to have patients on birth control for long periods of time. So if I know someone has to be on it for 40 something days because we have to manipulate their cycle, I have them take a break in the middle with the birth control pills to stop them from being over suppressed. And 
many times I have patients who forget to stop the birth control on those dates we tell them. And, you know, as you would expect, they're nervous that they messed everything up. And in reality, you're not going to mess things up. It's just that now you're on birth control for straight through this period of time and you could get more suppression. Now, if you're young, uh, polycystic ovaries, then you have nothing to worry about. If you have lots of eggs, you're fine. But if you're someone who has less eggs or someone who's a little bit more mature, this could oversuppress you and could lower the number of eggs you get and the response that you get from the IVF stimulation cycle. Next, I want to talk about medications. I find a lot of people make some small mistakes in medications. Sometimes they miss a dose. Sometimes they take the wrong medication. Sometimes they took too much of the medication, too little of the medication. And so I want to just go over a couple of those to help you lower your stress levels if this happens to you someday. And it will, because this stuff is stressful. Although not one of the more common mistakes, I do have patients who sometimes miss a dose of their Golnalef, their Menopur, their Lupron, microdose Lupron, or their antagonist medications such as Cetratidogan relics. And I'm going to go over each one of these. So what happens if you forget to take a dose of your Golnalef, your Folistim, or Menopur? In those situations, that's your stimulation medication. So just as you expect, if you forget to take some, you're going to have less stimulation. Now, it really depends on the situation here, but in the end, if you miss one dose, you're probably fine. Now, when that dose is missed, kind of makes a little bit of a difference because if you miss it in the very first days, such as the first three days, you could lower your recruitment rate because you have less hormones recruiting your eggs. So if you're someone who's on very high doses trying to get those four or five eggs, you could lose one egg and one egg out of four is 25%. Now, if you're someone who's expecting 20 eggs and you missed one of the first three doses, now you drop from 20 to 19. No one's going to notice that difference. And so you have nothing to worry about. If you miss a dose later on, the eggs are already growing and the hormone has about a 24-hour half-life. So even missing one dose is not a big deal. You can always take it the next day. So I would never get worried about that. Almost never have I ever seen anyone miss one dose and their cycle get ruined. However, that changes when you start talking about Lupron or microdose Lupron or more so Cetratide or Ganrelix. When you're talking about microdose Lupron, microdose Lupron is a very, very low dose Lupron that is preventing you from ovulating. In the beginning, it works as a stimulant for the first three days, but after that, it suppresses your brain. And so if you miss a dose, you could theoretically ovulate and that would ruin your cycle. But with Lupron and microdose Lupron, because you're suppressing the brain, you could miss a dose and be fine. However, if someone did, I would let your doctor know. They might give you a shot of Garelix or Cetratide just in case, but you should be okay because you've already suppressed the brain. So if you miss a dose, it's not like the brain's going to all of a sudden reactivate very fast, but it could. And so that's why it's important to let them know. But when it comes to Cetratide or Garelix, that is a very important medication. And that medication cannot be missed. 
if you miss a Ganorex or Cetratide, you have a very high chance of ovulating because that medication is what's stopping you from ovulating and it's only good for 24 hours. So if you miss that dose, you're going to ovulate. But what if you just miss the dose by a few hours? Is that going to matter? The answer is kind of yes. So when it comes to going left and Menopure and Falstam, you can be off by an hour or two and it doesn't make a difference. But when it comes to the medications that are preventing you from ovulating, they don't have half-lives of several days. And so if you miss a Cetratide or Ganorelix, you need to hurry up and take it right away because if you go off by several hours, the medication can be weaning off and at that point you could ovulate. So when it comes to the stimulation meds, it's okay to be a little bit off. It's okay to not be exactly 12 hours apart if you're taking them AM and PM. But when you're talking about medications that prevent ovulation, like Lupron, microdose Lupron, Cetratide, and Ganorelix, those medications really need to be on time. And you want to make sure you take them exactly as you're supposed to. Another shot that has an extremely important time is your trigger shot. I do have a lot of people who accidentally take their trigger shot at the wrong time. Now, taking your trigger shot at the wrong time isn't going to mess up your cycle. The problem with taking your trigger shot at the wrong time is if you don't tell your clinic, that can affect things. So I had a patient one time who was a nurse who took her trigger shot approximately six to eight hours late. She forgot to take it at night, woke up in the morning, took it right away. And we check an ACG level the next day to verify the medication worked. But the medication that we are checking with ACG levels to see if it was in your body, it doesn't tell us what time you took it. Unfortunately, she thought it tells us what time she took it and assumed we already knew everything. However, we didn't. So we did the IVF cycle retrieval and we were having a hard time getting eggs. It was extremely frustrating. And then later, a lot of the eggs were immature. I called the husband and I asked him, what's going on? You know, we're, we're, we're struggled with eggs. We see these immature eggs. Did something go wrong? We're, we're just so confused. Like, we don't know why this is happening. And then he says to me, oh, didn't she tell you? I said, no. Tell me what? He goes, oh, yeah, she forgot to take the trigger shot. So she woke up in the morning and took it. But she said everything was okay. I said, we told her everything was okay? He goes, well, they said the, the trigger shot ACG was good. Now, the good news about that story is things went fine and they got pregnant. But anytime you are off on your ACG shot, always make sure you let the clinic know. If you take it too early, the problem is is if your retrieval time is 36 hours later, but you took it an hour early than the original time, you could ovulate before the retrieval. That's a really important one. If you take it an hour later, you're probably not going to cause any harm because it's just an hour later. But still, let your clinic know. But if you take it much later than an hour, you have the risk of having eggs that haven't matured yet because the ACG is what matures the eggs. And it takes time for them to mature the eggs. And so if you don't give them enough time because you took your shot too late and the clinic doesn't know it, they will retrieve your eggs too soon 
before the eggs have had the time to mature from the HCG. Another situation I have is when patients take too much medication. So I have patients that sometimes, you know, would have a 200 unit dose and they go, oh my goodness, I took 300 units. Did I just mess up my cycle? The answer is absolutely not. You cannot mess up an IVF cycle by taking too much medicine. Now, what can you do? Well, you can cause ovarian hyperstimulation. So some clinics may cancel you. Other clinics may make other adjustments. But the point is, if it happens, you let your doctor know, but never be worried. You're never going to hurt anything by taking too much of your Golanol for Menopure accidentally. The same thing goes with the trigger shot. Some clinics will use 10,000 units. Some use 5,000 units. When you look at the studies, you really don't need more than 5,000 units. Outside of the United States, no one uses over 5,000 units. As a clinic, we have now chosen to pretty much use 5,000 units because there's really no benefit of taking 10,000. And when you take 10,000, there's a risk. It increases your chance of ovarian hyperstimulation because ovarian hyperstimulation comes from HCG levels. And so sometimes I have patients who take the wrong doses. So they're supposed to take the 5,000 and they take the 10,000. Or if they were supposed to take the 10,000, they accidentally took the 5,000. The good news is as long as you take a five or 10,000, you're fine. If you take less than 5,000, you should be concerned and either take another shot or call the doctor on call right away. But if you take between five and 10,000, the only risk you're going to have by taking too much of it is that you're going to increase your risk of ovarian hyperstimulation. Now, keep in mind, this isn't for everyone. So if you only have four eggs and you take a 10,000 dose versus a 5,000 dose, you have nothing to worry about. You have no chance of ovarian hyperstimulation. The ACG levels will increase your risk of ovarian hyperstimulation if you're at risk for ovarian hyperstimulation. So if you're one of the patients who has 30, 40 eggs, then if you take the 10,000 unit and you're supposed to take the 5,000 unit, you will increase your risk of ovarian hyperstimulation. But if you have a normal amount of eggs, 12 to 16, maybe 18, the chance of being ovarian hyperstimulation from a high dose of ACG is very unlikely. So I wouldn't be too worried. Another common mistake I see is people starting their Ganorelix or Cetratide too early. And this makes sense. There's times I'll teach someone how to do it. I'm not ready for them to start. And then they assume, well, he taught me to do it. He probably wants me to start it. Never be worried if you start Ganorelix or Cetratide early. There is never a risk to your body and to your IVF cycle because all it does is prevent ovulation. You could technically start Ganorelix or Cetratide on day one of your cycle and it wouldn't hurt your IVF cycle. Now, it may hurt your wallet because you have to buy more of it, but it's not going to stop hurt your IVF cycle because all it does is prevent ovulation. So as long as you're taking your other stimulation meds, things will be fine. So again, if you ever start Ganorelix or Cetracide early, you have nothing to worry about. My other favorite questions I get are things that people do and they're worried that they ruin their IVF cycle. So for example, I've had patients say, we were told we weren't supposed to have sex, but we did. Did we ruin our cycle? The answer is, Really, no. Having intercourse during IVF is very unlikely to ruin your cycle. And that's because the only thing intercourse could cause is theoretically you could cause a follicle to pop. 
So I do believe when people only have three or four eggs, it might make sense to not have intercourse because you could potentially pop one of those follicles, but you can't hurt by having intercourse. And I know what most people are worried about is, oh, my husband needs to abstain for several days. But in reality with IVF, you only need to abstain for about 36 hours. So as soon as you know you're taking your trigger shot, that's when you stop having intercourse and you'll have plenty of time for him to have enough sperm for IVF. Another thing patients get worried about is husbands who drink a lot or who might use the hot tub a lot and think that's going to affect their sperm sample during IVF. Now, it's true when you're going through IVF, for women, we want you to reduce the amount of things that are going to your body that could affect it. So things like alcohol, smoking, marijuana. But in reality, those things are going to have minor effects. They affect inflammation, but you are the one carrying the egg. When it comes to sperm, the sperm that is ejaculated is made th- three months before. So even if they have a beer or two through an IVF cycle, it's really not going to hurt their sperm levels. Now, hot tubs are different. Hot tubs affect the sperm motility. And so if you're in a hot tub right before an IVF cycle, such as when you're stimming or near the end when you're about getting ready to retrieve, that could affect the sperm. Now, I would personally recommend always try to not do things like that when you're going through IVF. However, if celebrating an anniversary or there's some special occasion, it's okay to have a drink. You're not going to kill your IVF cycle. Hopefully this episode will help reduce some fears in some people when going through IVF. As I stated, it's extremely stressful and it's very easy to make mistakes. Never feel ashamed for making a mistake. Again, you're not a medical professional. You had to learn a lot of stuff in a very short amount of time. Hopefully this will help you at least understand and not be as stressed or maybe a friend who's going through. Now you can let them know that they don't need to be worried about some of these smaller mistakes. As always, I appreciate all the listeners and appreciate all the reviews. And thank you. Until next week, this is Taco Bell Fertility Tuesday. Tuesday.